On this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, a production of our YouTube channel, The Recap, and available audio only everywhere you get your favorite podcasts, my partner Gordon Whitmire and I look ahead to the Cubs and the Reds, a four-gamer in Cincinnati, and we talk about all the waiver moves that went on. Welcome into our Cubs Recap Podcast here on our Recap YouTube channel and available audio only anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. With my guy Gordon Wittenmeyer, I'm David Kaplan. Let's get right into it because the team that I root for is rolling along, baby. Gordon, the Cubs look good. Their defense has been outstanding. Two of three from the Brewers, and they look like They've got a great shot to be playing postseason baseball. They've got a great shot at making a, a wild card cap. I still think uh, catching the Brewers is is something that's just not not in the cards for them. And I don't think I'll be shaving my goatee anytime soon on that bet. Oh, man, um, so great. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't think that's happening. But they are playing well, you know, and I'll – Say it again, man. You know, we just had this waiver claim period where some teams looking to dump salary, in particular the Los Angeles Angels, put a bunch of guys on waivers, right? You can't make waiver trades anymore in August, but if you just want to dump a guy, you can put him on waivers. So they did. Problem for the Cubs, they've been playing so well lately, <laughs> if you want to call that a problem, that they, they're behind their other wild card contenders in pecking order for getting granted a waiver claim. So they had no chance to pick up any of those pitchers. And in fact, the guardians came in with what six game, a record six games under 500, but they're in such a crap division. They think with that pitching, they can make a run at the twins. So they went and picked off all three of the, the big pitchers that the angels had out there, including Lucas Giolito and who knows what's going to happen, but it, it the Cubs certainly could have used some pitching help. And because they don't have that, it's going to be kind of like it's been cap. You're going to win. If, if, if you play this according to scratch, the way the club is playing and they stay healthy, it could be you win series all the way down the stretch, but it's not sweeping anything. So, you know, it's incremental gains as you go, and that's not going to win the division, but it will, it will will get your playoff spot. It will get you a playoff spot. Justin Steele has been nothing short of outstanding, he might win the Cy Young. He might not win the Cy Young. I think it's pretty much Blake Snell, uh, Justin Steele. Zach Gallon. Keep an eye on Zach, Zach Gallon. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those three will be the winner of the Cy Young. We'll see how the last month goes. But boy, when you shut down Milwaukee the way he did the other night against Corbin Burns and win one nothing, that's a pretty good feather in your cap. He's fifteen and three with an ERA of two sixty nine. So we'll see where that goes. Explain to me why no one picked up Mike Clevenger, because he's throwing the heck out of the ball. His last start, I think he had 10 strikeouts. Well, doesn't he have another year left on that contract? Or at he has least a, a mutual option for $12 yeah. million. So, well, Which is guaranteed money. Like, he can pick it up. But if or he, he can pick up a portion of it. He can, pick, he can guarantee himself a $4 million buyout yeah. if, if the Sox don't want to bring him back. So obviously that's in play there. Uh, we know that you take take the team I cover, for instance, the Reds, who, by the way, 
play your Chicago Cubs uh, four times in the next three days, starting Friday in, in, in what could be a really important uh, series for playoff implications, playoff tiebreakers, wild card position, the whole thing. Um, but you take the Reds, who desperately have needed pitching all season long. Uh, and when, once they started getting good, that was the focus at the trade deadline, starting pitching in particular. A lot of what they tried to do at the trade deadline when there's no restrictions on who you can trade was they were looking for controllable players. They didn't get them at this point in, in, in the situation in, with the waiver claims that we talked about. You can't make you can't make waiver trades anymore, but you can dump guys. All of a sudden there were half dozen to a dozen guys that were out there. Clevenger being one of them, a whole bunch of pitchers from the angels being other guys. But at this point, it only costs you what's left on their contract. And, you know, you're just getting guys for another month. So uh, they wind up, the Reds wind up picking up a couple outfielders. Uh, one of them had a pretty big contract. They're on the hook for uh, about 2 million of it. And the other guy less than a million. Um, but Clevenger would have been a guy that would have been a much bigger investment than you want to take on. And he's got some baggage. Let's be honest. We all know what that is. So uh, they've got a pretty good clubhouse there. In their case, uh, clubhouse disruptions are a consideration. A anything that could be a distraction. So he was cleared, cleared by MLB of the you know, really awful allegations made by his ex-girlfriend. And MLB said he's cleared. There was no suspensions, yeah. Yeah. no nothing. So... If you're trying to win the World Series, whether you're the Cubs or the Reds or any other team, and this guy is the best in terms of quality starter available at this late date, he's throwing the ball way better than Lucas Giolito. He's owed 1.2, I believe, plus the $4 million buyout, or you could pick him up and have him next year. Why would nobody do that? There's got to be uh, a fear about who the guy is as much as anything. And keep in mind, there's only a handful of teams out there that had the need for the player he is uh, and would have been in the pecking order to get him. The Reds are one of those. And and honestly, you know, I had more than one guy in the clubhouse tell me it didn't it doesn't matter who they brought in. They felt they had a strong enough uh, clubhouse chemistry and vibe that they could handle anybody coming in. Um, and I even brought up Clevenger to one guy and, and he said, yeah, yeah, bring him in. That's fine. Um, uh, we could use him. So if the, if this did in the Reds case, if this just came down to the money that to me, uh, you know, that to me is, is a failure. It's, it's malpractice by the front office because it's not that much money. And, um, and you could even if you didn't if you didn't like what you got out of him for the final month this year, that four million, you could just eat it and get rid of him. OK, let me ask you a question. There is a school of thought and I called a couple of former GMs. Not yeah, named let, me just, let me just throw this in, though, though, Cap. I think they believed they were going to get at least one, if not two of those Angels pitchers. I think they were the they Reds used, were. The Reds were. I think they thought they were going to get that. So I think that's part of it. I mean, when you claim somebody, if you get Grant, if you're the 
one of those teams that gets granted the claims, you have to take the guy. So if you put in right. claims on, say, the three Angels pitchers and the two outfielders they did get, that's five guys you've got to find roster spots for. If those are the guys you want and you think you're going to get most of them, you're going to put in a claim for Clevenger too? Where are you going to put him if you get the other guys? I mean, you have to – These are. this is the calculus of, of all of that too. Now, that's just the Reds. So I was talking to a couple of former GMs, and I asked them – how they would handle this because the Cubs are right there at the luxury tax threshold of 233. They're at 232 and change. Would they be leery with this team of going into the tax because you believe, and like Dansby Swanson said, you can't predict when you're going to start winning. When you think you're going to win, you might have injury. When you don't think you're good enough, you may surprise yourself. So you have to try to win every day. But we, we've seen the Dodgers. We've seen the Yankees, the Cubs. Like big market teams go back under the tax for a year to reset their penalty structure. So if you were running the Cubs and, hey, man, I can get whoever it is, Lucas Giolito to Mike Clevenger to Carlos Carrasco, whoever it was, if that was going to put you into the tax and you didn't, truly believe that helps you win the World Series, do you not do it because you don't want to have to reset when you think your window is going to be open? I think the Cubs answered this when they didn't sell at the trade deadline. They think they can win. Now, do you think they think they can win the World Series or they can they can be competitive, get to the playoffs, establish a winning culture? All the stuff that I was screaming about. Look, man, you're the one that brought up Justin Steele when we started this thing. If Justin Steele keeps pitching the way he is right now, he can compete. He can he can allow you to compete with anybody on a given day in October. And no at question. the time, and at the time, you didn't know where you were with Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman had been an all-star pitcher this year. He he was down, but you thought he was coming back. That's a pretty good one-two. Tyone was starting to pitch a little better. Smiley had had his moments. So you you uh, you had a, a reason to think that you could win in October, maybe even get stronger in October because, you know, your pitching staff gets a little more condensed. So I think we saw the answer to that. We also know that last year, the last team to make it into the playoffs, the Philadelphia Phillies, who lost a ton of games down the stretch and barely made it by a game, wound up in the World Series. They wound up with a 2-1 lead in the World Series over the Astros before, right. they, finally, before they finally lost that thing. So I, I think I think you're if you think you have a chance to get in and you think you have one or two pitchers at the front of your rotation who can give you a chance to win and you catch the ball like the Cubs do, you'd be an idiot to think that you can't win in October with a group like that, especially – a group that includes some veterans who have been in the world series before and, and actually won it. So if they think they're good enough to get in the playoffs, of course they think they're good enough to win the world series. So I don't think they're good enough to win the world series. I don't, I don't. either. You asked me what, like, like what they thought. Um, so I think they answered that question. Now that said, you, we also know that the optics would have been horrible if they'd have sold again this year, but I, I, go back to what I said. They catch the ball. Dansby Swanson, Cody Bellinger, they're, they've been big players for you this year. They've won World Series before, and, and there's three guys in all of baseball pitching as well as Justin Steele. 
So as you look at the way the division now is going to shake out, and there's not another waiver period coming, correct? No, this is it. And, and besides, you know, the only reason this waiver period came up when it did is, is because today, well, as we record this, the 31st of August is the deadline for getting somebody in your organization in time to make them eligible for the postseason. That's why two days earlier you saw the, the waiver, uh, the, the guys go on waivers because that process takes that amount of time to play out. Okay, so now that we know what we've got and – could the Cubs go to their system? They're bringing up Shane Green. They're bringing up Alexander Canario. Former All-Star Shane Green. Former All-Star, right. Yeah. He's been pitching at AAA. So that's pretty much going to be your two additions. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. They're not bringing Cade Horton up. They're not beating, beating, bringing Pete Crow Armstrong up. This I, believe they can, I believe they can, they can toggle some of these guys if they want. The they stretch. can, but right now it does not look like that's the direction they're going. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look that way. So the Cubs are three back in the division. They have a comfortable margin in the wild card, but they could easily be run down with a bad weekend in Cincinnati. So where are you now on the National League? Who's the best team in the National League after the Braves and Dodgers? After the Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, well, the Brewers. I mean, the, the, the Brewers are legit, man. You like them better than the Phillies. Oh, man. That, well, that's close. I'll, I'll say that's close. But I do. They just picked up Josh Donaldson, too, for what it's worth. Um, so, uh, And, they, and they, they made additions at the deadline that uh, re-energized their clubhouse. They've got frontline pitching. Um, uh, Woodruff's back. Yeah, uh, I like the Mark Canna pickup. I do too. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I think they're in, in as good a position as anybody. They've got the division where, uh, in a schedule down the stretch where they should be able to put themselves in, you know, they're not going to get a, they're not going to get a buy, but they should be in pretty good shape. They're going to get, they're going to get what the number three wild card, which is going to be Arizona, the reds, the giants could be the Cubs, um, in the, in the first round. I uh, I do I do like the Phillies a lot. They're playing finally the way that I expected them to play all year. I thought they were a had a, kind of a dark horse for that division, um, but uh, you know the the first wild card is a pretty good consolation prize. Those are your four teams for sure, and and dude, it is a free for all after that. The the Diamondbacks have two starting pitchers worth a damn. The Reds right now have two starting pitchers that have been going worth a damn, maybe a third. The Cubs have two or three, uh, depending on Assad, depending on Tyone on a given day, things like that. And so none of these teams, I, I think, are in position where they're going to go on a, on a winning streak, except I will say this. The Reds just improved themselves. They're the only team since the trade deadline uh, other other than what the Brewers did with Josh Donaldson in this in the in the in the National League that significantly improved themselves with the moves they made, um, picking up Hunter Renfro, who's got 19 home runs, which would lead the Reds if he'd have hit them all with the Reds this year, and uh, and Harrison uh, Bader, who's a Gold Glove outfielder, so he's a good run prevention guy, and he and he rakes against uh, left-handers, so they they've just improved their defense. They've just improved uh, a lineup that's been 
hurt by injuries, and they've got some guys coming back from injuries. And once they're done playing the Cubs and the Mariners right behind them, they've got they've got 20 games left, and 17 of them are against losers. With the only three uh, t- games in there against a team with a winning record is the freaking Twins. So the Reds have a cake schedule down the stretch the last 20 games. So if they can get any of their injured guys back and get any pitching at all, uh, watch out for them just taking advantage of the cupcakes. So I'm looking at the Cubs schedule, and the Cubs have a pretty, you know, they have a they have a handful of series that are going to be very difficult, no question about it, but they have some games in there that are very, very winnable. So they have four in Cincinnati this weekend. <laughs> Three at home with San Francisco, four at home with Arizona. None of those that, are easy. That's a tough home uh, homestand. I, I just saw both those teams up close, uh, and uh, Arizona's playing really, really well right now. I don't know how the hell they're getting as much pitching as they are. Um, okay, but then the Cubs go to Colorado, go to Arizona, come home for three at home with Pittsburgh after a day off, and three at home with Colorado. And then Look at that last week, Cap. They finished three in Atlanta, three in Milwaukee on the road. That yeah. is that is a gauntlet. You know who the you know who the Reds have? Uh, they finish on the road too against Cleveland and St. Louis. It's a little well, bit. St. Different. Louis not very good, but Cleveland, who knows? Who knows with the, these pitchers they just added? They're either going to be uh, they're either going to be in the thick of it and energized, or or they're going to be. I could tell you, general managers in the game, Gordon, are furious. At what went on today? Furious. Oh, the, just the system? Yes. Oh, I I a hundred percent agree with that. It it is a it is an effed up system. I had a general and manager would... say, "Look," he said, "We were told no more waiver claim deals, none of it." And all of a sudden, a team decides we want to get out of all the money, so we're going to waive these guys. And he said. You basically short-circuited the trade deadline and screwed everybody else. Well, you know what, Cap? Baseball brought this on itself. This isn't the, this isn't the team screwing it up. This is Major League Baseball because <laughs> this is a this is um the 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 waiver the luxury tax threshold that that the Angels were up against. They wanted to get down underneath that once they were out of contention. They were trying to play for Shohei, right? They were they went all in for Shohei at the deadline. It didn't work. They began to, to plummet. Once they were out of it, which happened very quickly after the trade deadline, now they looked at the luxury tax threshold that they were willing to go over because they were trying to woo Shohei and said, now we got to get under it. Those luxury tax thresholds only exist because Major League Baseball tried to put install salary caps They've even got harder spending limits on the amateurs. We've talked about this forever. It's part of why tanking exists in the game to the degree it does now. This is all the bed that Major League Baseball made for itself. So when they decided to go to one trade deadline and no more waiver claims in August, because of all these other things that were already in play, this became an unintended consequence. It's on them, screw them. I do think that what's going to happen is you're going to see them get together at the winter meetings and see if there's a way to address this going forward. And I don't know what that is exactly. Why would the Angels not waive Shohei Otani? They're not going to re-sign him. 
maybe because they th- think they want to resign him. But, you know, uh, what, what's he owed this year? Got to be. I think he's making twenty five million. So I think it's, it had to be a significant amount of money. I don't know if so, anyone would have claimed him, but I think somebody might have. I mean, I think that's part of it. But also culturally, when when if if they want any chance at all of resigning him and maintaining a relationship with him, culturally, something like this matters more. Um, I'm told in uh, Japanese culture, in Japanese culture, you know, respect than than uh, if this was an American player. So, you know, you disrespect him by waving him and just like cutting him loose. You, you, you've lo- probably lost your relationship with him too. But he's also a one-way player anymore. He's not the Otani that we were all raving about as a $600 million player a little while back. Yeah, he's making $30 million this year. So that's, uh, that's, that's, a $5 million, that's a $5 million hit for one month of a hitter. So pretty good hitter to stick in your lineup. Can you imagine good. the Cubs putting him in there? Holy! I mean, cow. if I were the Cubs, I'd do it if he was out there. But uh, yeah, I, I just no. It, it, it there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't make any sense if you're the Angels. So before I let you go, we wrap this bad boy up. What do you expect out of the Cubs and the Red Series? Because. Cubs have to be very careful with Justin Steele now, and they have a bit of a cushion. I think they're three up on the Reds. Yeah, he's not pitching in the series. Correct. They have to be very careful. He <laughs> soared past his career high in innings. He was great the other night, but he threw 111 pitches. That's a lot in high leverage, one nothing ball game. So what do you expect out of this Cubs-Reds series? I know Jordan Wicks is going to go, yeah. and we'll see. Yeah, well, the, the Reds have been vulnerable – to left-handed pitchers. I don't know what either teams. Well, I, I think, I think you're going to see a rookie in game two Friday, uh, Lion Richardson, who we've seen hot and cold in his two starts. Um, I don't know who the, I don't know who the Cubs are, are throwing, but uh, the, the Reds have been vulnerable to left-handers, but they just picked up two guys that can hit left-handers. Uh, and uh, Bader will probably be in the lineup. Uh, for that opener against Wicks tomorrow. I don't know if Renfro is going to be there in time. So it'll be interesting to see whether the, the Reds came out of San Francisco with on an up note. Uh, they picked up a big win against the Giants. Uh, they go home now. You know, the, the easy out on this is I would I would expect a split. You know, uh, Steele's not pitching in this series. Uh, the Reds have their best most of their best, uh, such as it is in their rotation going. Uh, I think the, I think the Cubs are probably in for a tougher series than they think. And, and a lot tougher than when they last saw these guys at home. So it's Wicks. I don't know who's going in game two yet, probably a bullpen day. And then they'll go with, uh, Javier Assad, who, by the way, I believe my, my number crunching is correct on this, but you could double check it since late June. To this day, we're taping Javier Assad as the lowest ERA of any starter in baseball. Javier really? Assad. Yes. And I'm Tyone, will, Tyone will pitch in this series. Assad, Wicks, and then probably a bullpen day. So you said from the end of June? Yes. Well, 
He's got a 168 ERA total since the end of June. There you go. And uh, that's in uh, 13 appearances, five of them starts. So he's been pitching just well overall. Yeah, throwing the heck out of the ball. So we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. I think the Cubs end up taking three of four from the Red Legs. I wouldn't be shocked. Honestly, Cap, this wild card race in the NL is so uh, crazy and flawed and roller coaster. I wouldn't be shocked. Neither team's going to sweep this series. That would be the one thing that shocked me. But I wouldn't be shocked to see three to one either way. No, me either. Or two two. That's but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Cubs are playing really good baseball. Their defense is so good. It's the best defensive team in the National League. And somebody I know when I look in the mirror, I see that guy. Told you that in April. Take that. <laughs> and I will say this: in April and May, one of the the Reds' weakest links was their fielding. But since they brought up, well, McLean's on the IL, but Ellie De La Cruz, man, I don't know if there's a guy with the range at short that he has and the arm at short. He does things. It almost looks. That throw he made to the plate the other day to get the guy trying for the inside the park home run was insane. And that was his second best of the year and his second hardest of the year to throw out a guy at the plate. Um, and, And so they've gotten much, much better defensively. And if Harrison Bader's in center field, when this series opens and uh, TJ Friedel, who's been playing a pretty damn good center field for him is in one of the corners. All of a sudden their outfield just got upgraded the way their infield already had. So it could be a, it could be a fun defensive series too. watching these two clubs. Gordon, have a great rest of your day, man. We miss seeing you around the espresso breakfast tables. <laughs> I'll see you soon, Cap. I look forward to it. It's my guy, Gordon Wittenmeyer. That is a wrap for this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast here on our YouTube channel and available audio only anywhere you get your favorite podcast. For Gordon, for our great staff, I'm David Kaplan. Have a great rest of your night. Appreciate you greatly. Take that.